Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the Examination Podcast. Guys, unlike Hellions number four, we're coming in hot with a new episode this week of the Examination Podcast. I'm joined this week by Dan Rainier. I'm savage. And Kelsey Struts. Hello. Guys, we got a lot of great issues, including Marauders number 12, X-Factor number 3, and X-Force number 12. Super pumped to talk about these because it was a strong week overall, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. Hellions number 4, did that issue work for you this week? I, I don't I don't know that a lot happened. I, I felt it said a lot without doing too much. I got to say forgettable. I, at this uh, point right now, I don't know that I could tell you what happened. I would say the the muted expose on uh, the emptiness of culture was a great, greatly represented by the Hellions issue this week. Guess that allegory okay. worked for you, not for me. But a question I have, though, were the inserts working for you? Like when they put in a little like uh, diagram or excerpt, like did that really add to the mutant universe as a whole for you? Well, the memos could not have been, like, more poignant. Staunchly uh, anti-memo. Point dog. I, it spoiled everything for me. You know what? There's, what a part the of me, there's a part of me that thinks we have listeners that do come for us for recaps of issues they didn't get to read and are just utterly confused at this point. Yeah, so Hellions number four <laughs> did not come out this week without it, it was like solicited and it never came, but that's that's all right. Even we're even cool in the that. back of this week's issues, though, they were Hellions four was still listed to come out this week. Yeah, but just not. But but no, wasn't meant to be. So, um, either way, we are excited for Hellions to come back. I don't think anybody's ruled it out as a bad book. Um, even if it doesn't come out when it says it's going to. Unfortunately, we're not married. You know, it, it can do its own thing, I guess. We're fine with that. We've got no delay. I mean, COVID obviously has delayed some stuff, but otherwise, we haven't really had any hiccups in scheduling, which is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, until this week. I mean, I guess that's the part of me that thoroughly enjoyed uh, Children's Crusade that got, was being delayed like, months at a time and it's like that maybe is my new expectation of comics when i got back in but yeah all right dane enough from you kelsey should i go least stupid made up in the news or more stupid new- made up to least stupid made up when i write share a news story so no let's go even dumber than that let's hit it in the middle and then bounce around other points all right the wolverine is on disney plus your thoughts Yep, that sums it up. No, no, listeners, that's our middle ground. So it's only going up and down from here. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, the Wolverine has um, been released on Disney Plus. I know Kelsey and I are pretty big fans of this film. Uh, Dane, outside of the final battle, do you oh, have yeah. an issue oh, with this film? Oh, outside no. of the fact that Hugh Jackman's in it, you hate hate strong male leads. Where is this coming from? No. Uh, uh, no, I I don't think The Wolverine is a terrible movie. It's just, it's, I don't think it's in my top half of X-Men films, but it's it's not You're awful. You're aware that X-Men movies are historically bad, right? I, I am aware of that. I still And you didn't know. put it in the top half? I don't think it crosses into my top half. I If I remember correctly, this was one that when we did that that episode, I was chastised heavily for my dislike of The Wolverine. Rightly so. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. It's a little cheesy. I don't know. Solo Wolverine movies I don't think are really going to be my thing. If I was Ash Ketchum, Kelsey saying what would be my Pikachu, I'd pick him every time. You're crazy for not having the Wolverine. What is that analogy? It's the one that he needs. I can't keep up this week if this is what it's going to be. We're only like four or five minutes in, but I don't think I'm going to be able to, to stick with it. That's because you're weak, man. Weak. Um, all right, let's let's jump into the next part. So the Wolverine, gonna be on Disney Plus, gonna be awesome. Check that out. I, I like that movie. Outside the ending, it works. Just saying. 
And it, it's a good Wolverine movie. Does the whole Japanese thing. So check it out. The whole but Japanese. one game we have been playing. Uh, I know Dana and I purchased it. And I'm going to talk Kelsey into it right now. Live. On oh, air. You guys actually bought the game. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were all coming at this with no no game plan whatsoever. We're we're gonna go we're gonna go with Dane. Dane, give him three reasons. Three three thoughts you have on the game. Three thoughts you have on the game. Um, I will say every character feels unique, so I think that's a a plus. Thought number one, every character feels unique. So far. It seems to be a semi-unique, maybe a little bit of a twist on some old Avengers stories, but a relatively enjoyable storyline. Relatively enjoyable storyline. Okay. Third point, I have been limited in my ability to play because my toddler gets scared when the Hulk screams. Hulk screams. It's scary the use. I will say this. Uh, Liam has already seen a preview of this game on the TV, an advertisement, and has said that that should be the next video game I purchase. Well, there you go. Kid smart. Get in on this. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, Kelsey, I'll tell you this. Dan and I bought it. Uh, the storyline, I think, is about 10 hours. Um, it's the first year or first week of school for me. So, I haven't played 10 hours and i played like it's one of those weird things where i played more than like half and i'm not more than halfway through the game but like for me it feels good even though i feel like if i were like in the middle of the summer i would have beaten it like four days ago oh i probably would have like plugged it in one night and not stopped but i'll say this like i i'm enjoying it i think every complaint i've seen about the game is super valid like it's a lot of like upgrading Hulk's rib cage to be like a pin particle rib cage. And it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't change the way he looks. I want you to know, Kelsey, nothing he said is an exaggeration. Upgrade his rib cage to be a pin particle. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes you upgrade Hulk's kneecaps to be pin particle kneecaps or Stark tech kneecaps or shield kneecaps. But (laughs) Like nothing I've said isn't true of the game. How we up why are we upgrading rib cages oh. and kneecaps? Did you ever did you ever play Destiny, Kelsey? No. Okay. So I'll tell you this. Basically, part of the idea is that when you're playing the game, you're collecting gear. It's similar to like an MMO sort of thing, an RPG. Okay. We're Diablo collecting two. Yeah, and you're collecting gear to level up your other gear. And it's obviously much easier because if you're playing like Iron Man, you can upgrade your helmet or your repulsor gauntlets or your rocket boots. Hulk doesn't have a lot of gear to upgrade. And so instead, I guess you like upgrade his bones with nanites or something. And again, to their credit, it's kind of interesting because some of the gear comes from different brands. Like some of them, it's just generic. Some of them you get like Pym, some of the Stark Hammer. But yeah, it feels a little off when you're upgrading like Hulk Hammer Industry shin boats. Yeah. I think they could have thought of something a little better than that, but I don't know. Nanite bones, that's what we're upgrading. Yeah, and and it just doesn't change the way your characters look because to their credit, this isn't meant to talk shit on them, but like to their credit, they tried to avoid like you can play the game, buy the game, and you're good. Or you can get DLC like skins, but like it doesn't hurt you at all. You don't have to pay the win. But either way, it it's kind of silly. It they want you to pay money though to get stuff. The big selling point to me though was I'm getting Kate Bishop next month. So I I don't think I think that would have I think the game could have gotten like zeros across the board. But if I got more Kate Bishop, I'd probably. And I'll say this like uh, Camilla Khan, I didn't care about at all. Like, I don't like the Miss Marvel comics. Like, I've tried to read them. It's not for me. And every time I see her, it annoys me in comics. But in this game, maybe I appreciate storytelling and video games more, but she worked for me in the game. I, I, I just don't dig on stretchiness being a power. My my toddler calls her big hands. Yeah, the stre- stretchy powers just 
This just never does it for me. It's it's yeah. fine. Her powers don't really matter, I guess, as much to like the. No, I, mean, I, I guess just mean like, in general, having stretchy powers. Just any character with stretching powers, it's a knock against them. I do agree with Q, though. I've never I've never read any of uh, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel, but she's been an enjoyable character as like a a focal point that brings the game together as sort of like the 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 overarching main character, the teenager, like getting the crew back together. Yeah, I, I think she works in the context of this video game, but the only thing I'll say, though, is as X-Men fans, I assume most of the listeners are X-Men fans, it's a story about how Inhumans pop up and the bad guys make killer robots to stop the Inhumans. And it's just like, why aren't the Avengers X-Men and why aren't the Inhumans mutants and why aren't the evil robot Sentinels? Because that's what they were in the comics. There's literally like the cure storyline that comes up every so often in X-Men from X3. You know, oh, they've developed the cure. And it I didn't think about it until you texted me about that the other day, Quinn, and you're absolutely right. It's like this is this is an X-Men video game with Avengers wrapping paper. Oh, and people are like, it's a completely original storyline with a strong female lead. And I'm like, hi, this is Kitty Pride. Right. And she's a fan of the X-Men who works her way up to be one of the team members. And I'm like, mm, this is this is hard, hard swallow. <laughs> this adaptoid is a sentinel, and Captain America is Cyclops. Nice to meet you. Yep. Hulk is Colossus, you know what I mean? Like it just Yeah. It fits. Yup. Thor is Wolverine. <laughs> I like like and it's even like a thing where like, why is Thor here? Like, why is Wolverine here? Because he sells video games. Yeah, that's a good point. Moves units. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and move the conversation. And move on to X-Force number 12. In X-Force number 12, uh, we get to find out what Mikhail Rasputin's up. He has diabolical plans for Quentin Choir, and he even works with Zeno, which is a surprise because Zeno appeared to be completely anti-mutant, but apparently Mikhail, as strong as he is, is able to manipulate the group. X-Force scrambles to try and figure out how Zeno and Mikhail was able to infiltrate Krakoa, and they pretty much narrow it down to two suspects who would be close to Mikhail Omega Red and none other than one of my favorite mutants Colossus uh, Beast arrests Colossus who's willing to go in peacefully and puts handcuffs on him Wolverine doesn't like it gives Beast a good uppercut to the gut and uh, says he was disappointed in him but I do think, based on the data we have had so far, Beast is right to suspect Colossus in Omega Red. So, they arrest him, they bring him in, and Wolverine tells Jean she's the only one he trusts, despite her leaving X-Force earlier, to interrogate Colossus. And that's pretty much X-Force number 12. What were you guys' thoughts on this issue? Dane? I I think there's some stuff that I like the idea of happening and they're interesting concepts, but I'm not certain that I'm a huge fan of the execution. For example, right off the bat, if Mikhail is going to be the culmination of this big, you know, Russian villainy push, why right off the bat in the first real scene we get with him is his message very anti-Russian? It's not about the unit. You know, I don't feel that as like a a character that I can get behind or at least enjoy as a villain because he doesn't have the ideals of Russia that have been put into this. It's just like he, they go out of their way to make him be like, I'm bigger than Russia, which is just not the mentality. And I don't know. It just kind of throws the whole buildup of this, of of the Russian bad guy down the drain pretty quick for me. So you were hoping for a more communist bad guy. Yeah. I mean, because that's what the whole thing has been building towards, right? Is it like the country of Russia is you know, kind of collectively this problem. And I get that maybe, you know, you want to get away from that trope in some ways, but there was that. And then the combination of Zeno finally getting to come back, like us getting that storyline. And then again, 
they just kind of get brought back to be like dwarfed by Mikhail. But it's just like, oh, okay, it's just to remind you that Mikhail's really strong. When like I want Zeno was cool. Do you remember how like fun they were? The mystery of figuring that out and like the levels they were willing to go to and stuff. And now they're just like a pawn organization. Kelsey, did you feel like X Force suffered because of this issue? Kind of like a Sage's spinal cord and and brain. Um, I liked. I kind of liked the whole idea of them taking uh, Colossus and Omega Red and all the Russian agents and Beast kind of moral turn, but I also hated it at the same time. Mainly because, one, you have high, high, high level telepaths who could just read their minds. Why? I mean, this this idea that we've got to take them in for interrogation and be saying, I'm going to parade them. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? Because we have to have laws. You live on an island with shapeshifters. Right. This whole idea that, you know, you live on the island with... You know, taking an Omega Red makes sense. I get it. Also, but you're going to take it Omega Red because you're like, historically. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it just, like, Beast is coming off more and more like a. Do you think he might wind up being uh, the bad guy or like the. the, the nah, that's no. too easy. No, I don't. No, I don't, I don't think he does. I think he's got a weird power trip. Um, I think he has no idea how to use his resources. And uh, yeah, I just I I, I, I both liked I, I kind of like like the the, the mode they're going down, but I didn't I didn't like the I execution. like the idea of Beast doing morally questionable things because that's sort of in his yes. mo to like follow a greater good but miss the, the fourth. But this trees. wasn't like this, it's not the moral you know it being morally right. questionable. I just thought it was dumb. Right. And it, but, like, it just did not work. It just, I'm just like, you're going to parade him in front of everyone. You know what Wolverine's response is going to be. why on earth are you treating Colossus, like a lifelong friend, the same as Omega Red in this instance? I just, I can't fathom that out of Beast. And they, is their overuse of memos, they could have at least put a sentence in from Beast saying, like, I don't want to do this to a friend, but it's important that, that you know, do it the easily. island appear fair. At least then you would have given me like a blow off explanation. But again, I still come down to, hey, I have really high level telepaths at my disposal. Not even just Xavier. You can use others. Q, Q I'm curious to see what you think about it though, as a as a Colossus boy. So I I was not. This is probably my least favorite issue of X Force. Period. I thought Beast was. You know, he's been out of character. And um, I really enjoyed Wolverine gut punching him whenever he was like dirty. And I was like, okay, Wolverine would do this, but you're right. Wolf Beast is way too smart to just like follow the law. In fact, one of Beast's driving characteristics is regardless of the law, I'm going to do what's right. And then I'll set in jail to protest it. Like that's one of the most core Beast storylines I know that helped shape my understanding of the character logic over law exactly he's willing to walk away from the most important things if he and that's the thing he i think a lot of times that's the point he can be misguided in what is morally correct but he's always willing to take the stand for what he thinks is right and this doesn't seem like it fits and i i think colossus could very well be the traitor we've been saying that from the beginning that colossus seems like there's something maybe off and the way they're using him is hinting towards something. But I'll, I'll say this, like, I would have preferred they explained Beast action a little more. Um, I'll, I'll forgive a lot for the sake of the story, but this is definitely a little more juvenile than I would have hoped for. Yeah, it's a little baseline. Yeah, we're, we're evil, like that kind of thing. Right. And I hope, yeah, exactly. I, I hope um, the Quentin Choir thing plays off. I I like that they had a, a reason to bring Jean Grey back. That was kind of cool. Like, I'll, I'll say one thing is I thought they should get rid of Jean Grey a long time ago, and they never did. And now it at least, like, I don't know, like kind of makes sense why she's there. 
do you, do you, I want to know why the Cerebro Sword has all the knowledge of <laughs> Krakoa on it. That's my question. I know it was mo- made from the broken remains of Cerebro, but what, you know, I, okay, if I take a computer and smash it to bits and then just take the parts and melt them back together in a cool design, that doesn't make it a functioning computer. This is comic books. Maybe it does. Okay. Yeah, it, it was kind of a mess, but either way, I think X-Force will bounce back. I'm not sure what the cover had to do with much of anything is another complaint I have. It's like... Oh, the cover? Looks, no, yeah. Based on the cover, I thought, they're going to attack Russia. You're going to see, like, Russian super soldiers there. Awesome. No. Nope. Colossus is going to be on their side. Well, last issue, they faced Omega Red, so, you know. That's true. It feels like they got a, a different cover. Like, somebody drew this cover for a different issue, and they are like, we got to get the... We got to get this thing used. You know what I mean? They're like, get, get it on but this. Don't, don't worry, has that Tennis Swords branding. <laughs> part, yeah. part two. Slap that. T- it's like that meme where the guy's slapping the uh, the like the flex tape sticker over the hole in the water tank. Have you seen that one? And it's just like Tennis Swords, yeah. baby. No, exactly. And it's like not the Tennis Swords. What? There's a sword in it. <laughs> Cerebro Sword. They mentioned it. Yep. But uh, an issue that has been around since the beginning, just like X-Force. Um, Kelsey, what happened in Marauders this week? Wasn't my thing to do Marauders this week, but, oh. you know, I can talk well, about that's it. that's all right. Dan, why don't you tell me in a better way? Hey, can, can, Dan, can, yeah, Dan, could you give me a hand on I'm Marauders? I'm going to give you a hand. And let me tell you, I checked all the issues to the very end today to make sure about post credit scenes. Uh-huh. Marauders number 12, Kate Pride returns through the resurrection protocols to a true Krakoan celebration. Emma reveals the circumstances of her death, and Kate reveals her plan to deal with it, but it's still kept secret from us, the readers. Friends rejoice at the return of the iconic X-Men, but Kate dips out early to work on inking her own newborn body. And that's it. Whoa. Whoa, you forgot the romance? You also forgot Stunning and Brave. It, oh, and curlier and bushier hair. That is true. That is true. Debuting a new hairstyle. I, I will say, to give you my initial impressions, it was kind of difficult to come up with a recap because, truthfully, not a lot happened. It almost just rehashed a previous issue. I mean... She got tattooed, got drunk, and kissed someone. It, it wasn't and, and, and was certainly towards other people. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I guess horses were ridden in this one. And there were horses. I did miss that in the recap. Sorry. And, and I asked to talk about how they're going to have the best horses on Krakoa. It's like, it's like a, um, they are dipping down that level of weird dictatorial fascism where your island nation is now going to have the best of everything and we're going to create the best of this. Like with the one where Shaw is talking about, oh, the whiskey that has been aged 12 years, except it was done by Tempo. So it was like a fake aging. So, you know, like purists are going to go, no, the hard work is not there. This does not count. It's like, no, we don't accept this. I just feel like this was every now and then Marauders gives us that like political intrigue setup issue and i'm okay with that i'm fine with slow playing because i think that setting or theme works well with those kind of issues but this wasn't even that nothing got set up and in some ways it feels like maybe the idea is that by giving kate a whole resurrection issue it's intended to make the death feel bigger or more prominent to try and you know, kind of the magician's trick of misdirection saying, look over here, death is still a big deal, at least for this character. When in fact, it, I don't know, it, it really kind of isn't. I don't mind. Like In some ways I hear you and I agree with you. And in some ways I'm like, well, they spent a whole issue talking about resurrection and how finding your new purpose and stuff. So I, in some ways I agree with you, but in some ways I'm just like, this issue was bad because it was stupid. Yeah. 
This is like my favorite part of X-Men is seeing the characters not doing X-Men-y stuff. Yeah. And it's even X-Men that I love. I would say Kate, Emma, and Kurt, Nightcrawler, are like top... Well, you know Wolverine's this issue, though, too, right? Right. But like like, those are like top 10 X-Men for me. And doing the things that I should love, and this just didn't... I don't know, just... There was just no impact to any of it. And the big reveal, so I guess, quote unquote, like the big full page reveal has been was a cover that was spoiled weeks ago. What what was the big reveal? Kill well, that's what I mean. That's that's fair. That's why I put it in quotes. But like the kill Shaw tattoo, like she got the whole page, you know, like the whole final page was the kill Shaw knuckles tattoo. Yeah, it, it makes me real worried about, like, is because next issue of Marauders appears to be a Black Panther heavy issue, so it's like, yeah. what does that have to do with Ten of Swords? Like, how are how are we gonna finish this? Uh, they're they're gonna try and get a a, a Black King. Yeah, how how are we gonna finish the Sebastian Shaw story arc, and then tie in Black Panther, and then tie in Ten of Swords? It's like. I don't know what's going on. It seems like it could be a lot. And I, with that much, it feels like if you're going to do that, I I don't know what it's going to be. So it's kind of hard to say, but couldn't we have taken two issues to do that and just like use this one for that as well. But I think the other part of it is, is that when you think about this in the idea of trades, if you're doing issues one through six and then seven through 12, that this is, issue 12 that this is the end of a second book of trade and so i think in some ways it's just kind of like a maybe sort of that throwaway issue at the end of the book i mean i'm with you but shouldn't 12 be the most important issue in a lot of ways kind of but i feel like shouldn't because i read things i read mostly in trades and like hardcovers and collected stories and so part of me I don't know. If you read those, I feel like a lot of times it's like the second to last one is always like the finale. And then there's like the last issue is just sort of like a, you know, it doesn't really do much. Maybe it kind of sets up for something or it's just kind of a unnecessary. Are you saying Kate coming back and realizing that Sebastian Shaw was the person who killed her was the finale? Yeah, I think of this arc and that so that way the third arc is executing the plan and also well, black that, that really makes me and also of ten of swords ten of swords yeah exactly <laughs> right. I, so i don't know i am so sad because between the great issues of marauders we have we've had and the great issues of cable we had it's like okay duggan can do amazing stuff but i don't know this this isn't doing it for me I'm glad that Kate is stunning and brave and um, decided to kiss her tattoo artist in addition to um, her relationship she's building with Emma, which makes more sense to me. But like, I, I, I just, this, I don't, I don't see what this book did for me. Besides, I don't, a lot. I, I don't, I don't know what this book did for me. It didn't. Do I, don't it. Either. I think, I think if you erase this book, it would not affect the story. Yeah, if you just go from 11 to 13, I don't think it's going to be a big. And no, and no one would be like, what happened? Yep. What happened in between? No. Spoken like true cowards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Kelsey, this book yes. seemed to lack the X Factor. Oh, well, a lot of books lack the X Factor except for the X Factor. And that is because on the same factor – station at the same factor time deep in the mojo you can find x factor streaming at you live any way you can get it that's the way you want it baby all right the x factor team is still in the mojo trying to find out who the bloody pair of uh, ballet slippers belongs to but to do that they must go deep into the mojo verse of streaming services uh, fighting, etc., etc. They find their way onto Spiral's show, and Spiral is willing to basically help them and tell them, but 
due to their attitudes, she sends them to the battle dome type scenario. And the most watched and beloved stream site of all is Shatterstar, as he shows up looking like a pro wrestler, followed by a gajillion cameras. Um, Shatterstar then is able to go on a bit of a, I wouldn't call this a tirade. Um, he is talking about how great it is being the number one streamed person and that the big reveal, uh, Wind Dancer? Correct. Is that her name? Yes, Wind Dancer. Thank you. Uh, Wind Dancer uh, is the individual whose bloody ballet slippers landed on their front door. The biggest reveal, though, is that she took her own life for her fans. Um, because this whole system is based on views and such. So, Shatterstar is revealed to be the one who sent the box, uh, in, but he doesn't really say that he did it because he has a lot of fans and Mojo is like a god and wants to keep him happy. Dakin is back with uh, Aurora, and he is attempting to suss out actually what happened in previous issues. Uh, she is aloof from that. There is also a deep, uh, not a deep cut, a epilogue sort of thing where Storm, Mystique, who else is sitting at that table, Dane? Uh, so it's Storm, Mystique, Domino, Psylocke, and then I think the blonde is probably Gwenpool. Is that who? Okay, I was wondering who. And um, they're suddenly they're suddenly teleported and they're standing with guns and they make the kind of joke that what is this? Well, it's obviously a tie-in. Um, but that's I'm trying to think of any other big reveals. Really, the, the biggest reveal is that Wind Dancer is the individual who is dead. How she died. Um, they haven't really just said why exactly. I mean, it's, it's because of the streaming service that they're doing, but it's a mystery. You know, be, yeah. It's a mystery that only X factor can solve, but it really, this is one of those issues that recapping it really can't do it justice. Um, it really should be read. I mean, even if you missed it, go back, read it, purchase it from your local comic store, because th this is one of the ones that, is steadily making X Factor climb the ranks of the comics that, that they are releasing right now. This one was a um, certified it is, banger. It is it's it's definitely pushed X Factor really close to my number two spot. And the only thing that would keep it from New Mutants right now is just that there's only three issues, so there's not as much to, to judge it by. But the, these three issues have all been really good. I think they have done a lot with. A limited cast. Yeah, they've done uh, a lot opinion. with Magneto, aka Polaris, with Jean Grey, aka Rachel Summers, with Wolverine, aka Dakin. Yeah, it's a great movie. Characters. Wow, what is wow? What is wow. wrong with you? Do you not like this one? Because here's here's my thing. I, I the, mean, like the I mean, I actually do like the book. It's it's okay. <laughs> but I thought it was funny to talk about how they're all B-team, and it's great that way. Oh, it's 100% a list of B-teamers. It might even be C-team. I think once we get to Damn, I Boy, I that's boy. like D-team. The best part was at the end when they live-streamed Storm, Mystique, Psylocke, and Domino with like assault rifles or something. But I, I really, I like the the what they've done with the world of the Mojo Verse, and it, it being almost a sick kind of it's you know it's obviously supposed to be like a sick parallel take on our own world. I mean the YouTube, TikTok, Twitter world that right. we live in now. Yeah. This is like this is like it taking to the extreme. You know. It, I mean, looking at, you know, the panels of Shatterstar where he is smiling and he's talking about how great this is. And you know that deep down he is just crushed. He has no privacy. He can't be himself. All those cameras are just constantly following. I mean, where it's literally blotting out stuff behind them. I mean, he, he's just walking around and it's just following him everywhere he goes. Yeah. I, I think what they've done is they've done a good job of transitioning 
sort of the surface level jokes, you know, like subscribe or, you know, that spiral sounds like every teenager with access to uh, a smartphone. You know what I mean? Like put your comments below with what you think, but they've, but they've transitioned that like funny topical, like, Hey, this makes me enjoy it to something a little deeper, because I think you're right that in some ways, part of it is playing on the idea of like, it's what is it like to be, the number one to be constantly seen 24 seven and to have your life under that microscope. And it's, it's, I think they do a really good job of portraying that in just a few pages and panels with Shatterstar that it's like, he hates his life. He can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does a good job of transitioning that. And you're right because it takes what's going on today with social media. It ups it to the extreme of like, you know, running man, you, the Schwarzenegger movie from like the late eighties. You know what I mean? That it's like, I didn't, I didn't even get into the clone stuff. Oh yeah. Like the fact that they're, they're just absolutely that they have all these clones made and they are empty husks. I mean, they, they even say it's like, Oh no, we don't put their memories back in them. They're, they're empty husks and Mojo gets to do, do what he wants to. But the thing about that is I think it's so allegorical to what's going on on Krakoa. It's. Mm-hmm. I think they do such a good job of that one's a little less subtle, but the other mutant yeah. that works on Spiral's staff that she's just like, no, like that's yeah. not a utopia. Are you kidding me? And it's just like an outside perspective of it. And then if you see this and compare it, the idea that it's like we're just making these physical clones that the boss here gets to do whatever he wants with, and it's like that's exactly what's going on in Krakoa. It's just because Xavier's not Mojo, we give him the benefit of the doubt well, and the trust to do it. I liked Aurora's uh, TV reviews. Yeah, where she's she's in Washington, where she says like, "Oh, the rise, the arise and shine." You know, it's like, "Oh, weird meditations," but man, these weird. You know, you've got these weird clones all in the background, or the one she talks about that's. Uh, how the films are all autopsies and stuff like that, but saying it's like in the future, you'll, you know, it's like, this is how you'll be able to tell when things are getting really weird or something like that. You know, like, I don't know. This issue worked on a lot of levels. It was funny, quirky at times, but a lot of it is deeper. Was frightening. Yeah. Like, 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 it was a scary issue in my opinion. But as a whole, I think, I know Quentin was kind of joking and a little, uh, savage out the gate with the language but he is he's right right. they're doing so much with characters and i'm happy to see that that this is a book that instead of spamming wolverine for the seventh book we're getting characters we would not have otherwise got not just on the core team but as pieces of these mysteries i care about these characters more too because i'm like when spiral's talking to prodigy and saying oh you know have you talked to your friends like or something like that you know like start angling for you like oh this can't be good. This right. can't be good. And then he has to watch what happened to his friend. You know, it's, it's, well, but even it's, there's a okay. definite benefit that comes from like, even Omega red, a character that's kind of stupid, like, like, like Omega red, not, not a core X-Men, but the fact that he shows up in Wolverine and shows up in this issue and has definite actions and motives that would make it, not work together it's like for some reason it lessens those two books but by having all b characters in this book despite it being as silly as all get out it has more stakes than even x-force and wolverine do yeah yeah and i think part of that is that maybe it's not just the death part because we know that's not an issue with with uh they're not know, death but like book. the characters are at least themselves right and we know i think there's a, a bigger fear that they could do something drastic to these characters. You know what I mean? Because Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, a lot of those characters, you know, we know Storm has some problem that is going to get brought up in the new giant size. But it's like, ultimately, I don't think they're going to do some huge transformation or something. Well, and in three years, some writers going to want to do something. But if you right. screw up, I guy, he's done. Right, nobody's gonna yeah. care. That will be the last I, I time. Boy will die. <laughs> and that's it. They're expendable. And it will be some. It'll be the last thing we see out of iBoy for maybe ten years because I just don't think he's the kind of character other writers are going to feel the necessity well, we to don't. back up. And, and editorial will mandate use them. Right, and we can't. We can't see ghosts like iBoy can. We don't have that vision. 
but like so you're right that in some in some ways because they're using B-list characters and C-list and D-list, the stakes are higher because yeah. they How might dare do... you call iBoy a B-list or C-list character. <laughs> I went down to D and I think iBoy is that. He might but, be an E-list e character. Or I. But but he's he's become such a small but enjoyable part of this book. A book that gave us Spiral, Wind Dancer, and Shatterstar introductions in the same issue. I mean, this is, they, we're digging, we're, I, I know I said this really early on. It's like, there's so many characters now that they can use in Krakoa. Like, when are we going to get to this? And they're not just background pieces. Like, they're integral parts, even if they are just an issue or two or whatever. It's fantastic to see this. They are integral, and this has been an awesome comic, but are they as integral to the comic as the Danger Room is to the Examination podcast? We'll find well, out. I mean, if you like one-sided butt whippings... Can I, mean, I say, overall, though, I think X-Factor wins a week? Yes. Uh, yeah, you can. And if you had said otherwise, we would just hiss at you and, and drive you out. I, I don't even like X-Factor as a book, and it won the week for me, 100%. Really? I, I love I X-Factor as a book. I but, know. But this week sealed it. It's been great. It's It's been one of those things that I'm hesitant to rank it too highly because it's so early. It's, it's only three issues, but so yeah. They've all been great. Now, the downside to that, though, is I think this is the last X-Factor we get for a while because it's not a part of Ten of Swords. So we're going to go like a month and a half to two months without X-Factor. You'll, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. I hope so. Let's drop drop that, uh, that Danger Room transition again. All right. You'll be all right until you get in the Danger Room. And there then... All holds are off. Uh, the Danger Room, where our contestants have 20 questions, yes or no, to figure out the person, place, or thing from the Marvel Universe. Will they survive? We'll find out. You're, is it a yeah. oh, good. go ahead and guess? Is it, it a out. character? It is. Has it been featured in the current run of comics? Yes. Hawksbox. Okay. Is this well, character a. It wasn't in House of X or Power of X, but it has been in a X. It's been in a book we've talked about. Yeah. Okay. Is this character a mutant? Yes. Is his character primarily a good guy? Yes. Or gal? Is this character a man? No, it's five. Is this character primarily associated with the X-Men? No, it's six. Ooh, a non-X-mutant. But a good guy. Ooh, Kelsey. That's like a, that's a lot for six questions. Uh, see if they're associated with a team at all. Okay. Are they associated with a specific team? Yes. Okay. Uh, is that team have a country affiliation? No. Where were you going there? Oh, Department H or Alpha Flight. <laughs> I feel like you're just... Hey, one of these like... weeks you're going to get Alpha Flight. He's going to get it. It's going to be... It's going to be Puck. It's going to be Puck. That's exactly what I was going to say. And we're going to be ready for it. Um, I, I bet a million Pucks that ain't going to be anytime soon. <laughs> Is this character's mutant power elemental in nature? No. Hmm. Good All guy. Right, kind of shruggy answered on team association so maybe it's yeah, it not with the expert um is his character considered on the low end of the power spectrum no okay non-low powered so my my other idea was calypso there so it's nine okay that's good that would but, be a team. But that's gone. 
It's no longer right. there. Clipso's Clipso's not high powered, so she's she's a low powered mutant. So I've been. Is this character robotic in nature? No. Brings us to ten questions. That's eleven, I think. Not to solve. Primarily a good guy, right? Yes, correct. Woman, primarily good guy, has been in the comics. Not in the Hawks Pox themselves, but since then. Correct. Has been somewhere in Dawn of X. I forgot that I asked that it wasn't a man. Yeah. Oh, is this character a member of the five? No. Just figured. Well, hope. I think she's an X-Men. Really? Plus, they have another girl on that team. Tempest? Tempest, yeah. Quote unquote team. Yeah, I figured that. Like, that's a loose it's a loose team, so I was like, mm. Does this person have a family member that would be considered an X-Men? No. Are, is the character's power psychic in nature? No. Okay. Um, would you consider this character associated with space? No. No. Ooh, it's a hard no. Um, See, when he says hard no to space, it makes me think underground. Right? <laughs> um, let's see. Is this character associated with the um, Hellfire Club? No. Okay, well, that takes her out now. Got her out of there. Uh, who? Oh, oh. Lisso is out of there. Plus any, you know, Emma, but that was psychic. And a pretty pretty firm X-Men. No, 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 no. Um, so we have three questions before we have to make a guess. Oh, man. Do we? Really? Non-robotic, non-five, non-X-Family, non-psychic, non-elemental power, non-X-Men. I'll even take pity on you. I think they were featured in this week's comics. Is this character associated with the color pink? Ah, uh, yes. Who are you thinking? Gwenpool? But she is a character. She was in this week's issue. She's a, generally, I would say, a good guy. Non-man, non-X-Men. Team associated. She was briefly with the West Coast Avengers recently. Non-team country of origin. Non-elemental power. Arguably non low power, non tactician, vast knowledge and use of extreme weaponry, medium awareness, interaction, interdimensional travel, and reality change. Yeah. Do you want me to ask about the um, what team? West Coast Avengers? Yeah, I, I think you'd ask if they were on the West Coast Avengers. Uh, is this character a member of the West Coast Avengers? Yes. Okay, I think you're right. I think it's Gwenpool. I guess you could go really get really into it and ask if she's a member of the Gwen Hive. Is, would you? We got one more question, right? So, uh, is, yeah. would you consider this character tightly associated with the concept of Deadpool? Yes. Oh, all right, lock it in, Gwenpool. Gwenpool is correct. Good I job, did Dan. not want to say they are low powered because they can literally. Uh, change reality extra dimensionally see comics and like yeah, that's fair comics. yeah that's yeah, fair it's fair. fair yeah west coast avengers <laughs> I, I try to tie in comics and this time i tied it in really heavily how do you feel about that by the way that's kind of a a weird ending piece to that that like why is Gwenpool there and what's going on like is that not is this going to be something in the future? Or was that just like a ha-ha? It's a tie-in. Well, she's a mutant, so, you know. <laughs> not, and, well, Deadpool. Never mind, Honestly, that answered my question. Us mutants can't be too picky about our membership. Like, anytime I get a mutant in mainstream, I'm like, yes, it's not an inhuman, we'll take them. <laughs> you mean just like getting non-X-Men mutants, you're just like, yeah, we'll 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 accept that. No, even X-Men, just like the lack of like ability. Like even okay, so like let's let's go back like six years to like uh when they brought hope in the five or like there was right. hope in like a bunch of new characters. 
And like, I'll say this ever since um, Grant Morrison's run on X Men, I don't think there's been a new mutant. Like, literally, I don't think there's been a new mutant that's stuck around outside of maybe Fabio Goldballs. Well, I mean, there was that team that came up, like Tempest. Yeah, but I feel like they're forced in. What is that? What do you mean forced in? I mean, like, for I example, you, you say Tempest, and I know because I'm a hardcore X-Men fan, but you can't, like, say since Gold... Like, Gold Balls is the only Bendis or later character that's, like, mattered. I, was just, I know you don't like that run, and you're not wrong. It's not a great run. Bendis' run of X-Men, that uncanny team with, like, the Vigilante Cyclops team introduced a handful of new mutants. Yeah, Triage. but my point is, like, Fabio stuck around, and you're like, you're right, Tempest is also part of the five, but, like, I don't know. Like, they, I don't think Fabio stuck around any more than Temp. They're both just on the five. That's I'll like say the this: most- out of the new mutants, there's Fabio and Tempest, like on the five. Like they're the only mutants of that whole era that are still around. And Tempest was just like mentioned in one panel. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I guess Goldball. Sorry, Egg. Goldballs got- has had dialogue and like action scenes. Egg, Egg. Yeah, has had yeah a couple. Egg, See, Fabio, Egg. But I don't think either of them have shown up. I think it was Bendis's run, then that was over, and then they both just were kind of... Well, yeah. let's just say and they wouldn't survive the danger room near as long as these guys did. I, we should be finishing quicker, but it took us all the way to 20. But we did it. We did it. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we got for this week. We're so excited for Season 4 of the Examination Podcast and the beginning of Ten of Swords. So we'll see you next week. week. Is that next week? I believe believe it's the week after. But next week, theoretically, should be Hellions number four. Theoretically. It's the week after next week? Yeah. Correct. It's the 23rd. Disappointed! (laughs) See you next week, guys. Talk to you later. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Examination Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, write us a five-star Omega-level review that would make us mutant and proud. We would really appreciate it. Me and the guys love Talking Nerd, and we want you to be a part of the conversation as well. If you have any topics you want to discuss, questions to ask, or suggestions for the Marvel 20 Questions Danger Room segment, you can always get connected with us. Email us at q.examination at gmail.com. Remember, examination is E-X-A. M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow us on our Twitter handle, at Examination, spelled the same way. Or visit our website, examination.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening. We love having you be a part of our community, and we can't wait to hear from you. See you next week.